Welcome to the Shadow Things Podcast. studio we got Vanessa and myself hey. we're in the shadow things podcast studio we're talking about the whispers estate in Mitchell Indiana so we went there on May 14th as a little group um, Kurt excluded because he was floating around some Caribbean dream palace well, I was probably in Hawaii, Hawaii. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Hawaii. Um, but myself uh, Vanessa her husband and another couple went uh, with me and my wife and we we went on my birthday weekend and uh, had quite an experience. So there's going to be a whole YouTube feature on it. I took a little bit of uh, review today at Vanessa's video editing skills. And it looks pretty good. It looks kind of spooky-ish. Mm-hmm. Not too cheesy. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. But it looks good. And we are, uh, we're just trying to piece together what happened that that evening it was it was quite a different experience for me out of all my years of doing this at different locations i've never quite had anything like that happen so you're ready for the debrief we're ready for the debrief so so i can move on and have closure it's closure time so yeah so here we go i don't know how, how do we start this um well tell me a little bit about the house is it an actual house um was it a commercial business today what is it is it a house a bed and breakfast so over the years it's been a few different things right i mean it was a general practice for dr john gibbons at one point and his family like lived and he practiced out of the home at the same time Uh, they did like funeral services out of the front there for a while was mostly for family so what year did the doctor live in practice oh man do you remember that i think he ended his practice in like 1934 ish i was gonna say it's got to be early 1900 like way early like yeah maybe earlier um but yeah i can't remember when our host said the house was built i'm sure that 1890 something yeah it was 18 something but yeah yeah so it was a it's really been a medical practice for a good stretch of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it went private in the 50s. Oh, we could be way off here, but... Just fitting. Yeah. And then, a, you know, a family lived in it. But I don't I don't know when the whole... Uh, there's, there's not a lot of good records on it, really. I guess that's kind of the, part of the skeptical part of people. Um, when they come out and say, you know, there's not a lot of documentation for any of the so-called deaths and stuff that happened on the property but um well you would think you'd be able to go to the mitchell indiana library or the county uh recorder's office and get 
uh, ownership records and they do have that kind of stuff there and I think they did a good job of displaying that stuff in the home there's yeah. like there's like little um, museum quality displays that have that information and old artifacts from the old family and the the, the medical practice that was there but just speaking in terms of the the deaths and the you know the supposed origins of the haunted stuff that goes on there you know the little girl that died Rachel um, I don't know that that stuff is really documented but supposedly you know there was a f- like six is it six documented deaths in the house uh, that's what they say um, and there's um, bones buried out in the backyard underneath the garage but alleged alleged but we don't I mean Get the backhoe. Let's go. Yeah, get the backhoe. I feel like Kim maybe said something on the tour this past, because I was just there a couple days ago again, and um, she said something in the surgical suite, because there's a surgical suite that what would have been thought to be the surgical suite is actually a functioning restroom in the house now. Um, You wouldn't have guessed that it was a surgical suite at one point, but... Probably had drains in the floor. You could kind of tell because... It did. There's a lot of natural light, and back then that would have been key to a surgical suite. Yeah. Didn't you talk about light. the floor being uneven? The there floor was is uneven, and, and there were drains right. in the floor. And it was all just tile. Yeah. Um, and then... Got to have somewhere for the blood to go. For yeah. sure. All the, all the bodily juices. I think she said that there were maybe a dozen or two failed surgeries in that room that resulted in death. Really? But I, do, I don't think she said that that was documented. I think that's just something that... I guess that's kind of the problem. So here's the yeah, deal. Yeah, that's... that's yeah. The deal for me is, and when we first went on May 14th of this year, I purposefully asked our, our host, our tour guide, not to tell us any of the haunted stuff. I said, just tell us the history of the house. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know where somebody got scratched or the demon popped out of the wall. We'll figure that out for ourselves. Right. So for me, it's like... I'm not so into, like, the whole where people died or how many deaths. You know, that's that's really, in my eyes, irrelevant to a place, uh, a location. Because you can have a new-build home that's perfectly haunted. So how does it actually operate today? Is it a museum? It's a haunted attraction. Haunted attraction. Okay. It, says, it literally says that on the website. Sure. Yeah. It's so. not a B&B. It's not anything else. It's not even technically a museum. I don't think they give day tours or... No. It's, it's very specific for night investigations. Now, the owner or two ago prior to... That's intriguing. <laughs> the current, prior to the current, wanted it to be a B&B. But yeah. Well, I will tell you, also, the, the, the owner to the current... So, Rich Ballard is the guy that owns it now. Very nice guy. We've talked a couple times yep. since. Um, the guy that owned it before, or it could even be a previous owner, but... So the Center for Skeptical of Inquiry spent the night there to okay. investigate the claims. Uh-huh. And has nothing to do with the current owner. But what did they find planted under the stairs in a wall? Speakers. Speakers hooked to a machine that made a ring around the rosy tune. So somebody in the whispers pass purposefully... Duped, into the bullshit, basically. Yeah, duped the public into believing it was haunted. Mm-hmm. But for me, I can toss all that out the window because you got so much time that's passed between them. You got different owners. 
and the fact that this current owner, um, I, th- I think, I don't want to say the wrong words, but encourages, you know, conjuring methods and communication. There's Ouija boards and like 80% of the So house. does does the current owner have an occult background? That I don't know. He's got a, um, he's, he's a teacher, so he's a professor, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a psych, psychology, psychology, yeah. Teacher, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, actually kind of interesting because yeah. it could be one large experiment. It could be. Well, speaking of that, and there's oh more to that, too. They gave me chicken skin when you said that. I'm like, wait. <laughs> well, Psy- it, psychologists are known for their odd experiments. Yeah, think about the movie The Haunting. You know, when they all went to the big thing, and it was supposed to be a psychology experiment. Well, there was a huge one, and it's one of the reasons that nowadays, uh, before you do any kind of psychological experiments, you actually have to go and get uh, certain permits and permissions, and you have to pass an ethical review, because back in, I believe it was the 50s, they did a psychological experiment basically trying to prove that an authority figure can make anybody do anything they want them to do because that person's an authority figure. And so what they did was they had a fake electric shock machine (laughs) and they would have actors that were the people being shocked and the actual subjects were the people pushing the button to shock them and then turn it up and shock them more and turn it up and shock them more. And it actually, many of the subjects afterward had to actually seek psychiatric help because they thought they were actually really truly harming people and really truly you know maybe possibly even killing somebody yeah and it it was part of an experiment wow they they wanted to test people's you know ability to say no to an authority figure yeah so you know it, it, it's kind of interesting that a psychology professor owns a haunted attraction that all kinds of things could be going on. I, I feel th- like a lab rat right you now. You could be a guinea pig. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I don't get that sense, but you... I didn't until 30 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was really interesting because when I was finishing up my philosophy degree at Ohio State... Um, we actually had psychology department people come in and they did a huge survey across the philosophy department, uh, all the philosophy students, asking them different questions about kind of esoteric sort of subjects. Do you believe in ESP? Um, do you, um, if somebody's looking at you, but you're not looking at them, can you feel them looking at you? Things like that. Right. They 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 actually went through and surveyed the ph- all the philosophy students hmm. and i don't know what the ultimate goal was other than to go well people who study philosophy are open to all kinds of crazy shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean other than that you know because psychologists you know tend to think that they know they you know everything that's going on cognitively in your head is just electrons firing and and we know that so we can give you chemicals that you know dampen some of that and that brings you down and they there's a whole you know are you familiar with the nature versus nurture argument yes you know like a person like ted bundy you know was, was he born that way or did different things throughout his life make him that way right so you know uh i the modern psychologists, especially behaviorists, tend to believe that 
you know, it, because it's electrons firing, it must be chemical imbalances and things like that, that there isn't somebody who's actually just deep down purely evil. And I think that they miss out on all kinds of things because, you know, naturally there can be somebody who is just deep down purely evil. Um, and I also think that nurture plays a role too because if circumstances in somebody's life leads them down that path to you know encourages the sociopathic behavior rather than doesn't um, encourage it uh, you know rewards punishment you know things like that right. to the point where somebody like Ted Bundy never had anybody reel him in <laughs> yeah when he was young right, right. and so he just wow. developed his sociopathic behavior just got stronger and and uh mm. he, he was able to find rewards for himself in it yeah right right um yeah so psychologists yeah they're kind of goofy and uh, we kind of yeah. i i did my whole rabbit hole went went <laughs> completely off off uh subject but no uh, it's relevant but Very yeah relevant. It, it, it just kind of paints stuff, stuff I, that i surely wasn't thinking about i take it with a grain of salt i think it's more of a biz, business venture but i don't know that his his uh you know his teaching background is at play there as well because there is something i haven't told you yet and i, I talked to rich the uh, about a week and a half after we visited and he he informed me that the i don't i don't want to misquote the college but it's a, like a southern indiana college they have a parapsychology department oh. and i thought those were so rare they are like I need to look into that, by the way. But there is a parapsychologist there that's helping him with some experiments at Whispers. They're going to bring in, and I believe Rich said, and I'm going to try to quote here, I think he said 40 psychics mm -hmm. into uh, Whispers and do some experiments. All the fun ones that would they, to bring in there are dead. You know, Sylvia, Sylvia Brown yeah. and... Uh, to see those fingernails flailing through there would be, would be the warrens the war of course the warrens oh my goodness that'd be a whole horror show there'd be the, there'd be five segments and installments of the whispers oh yeah but um it, this place is really off the mainstream radar i mean it's it's investigated by tons of paranormal groups it's so popular people. on youtube and stuff yeah but n no show has investigated there it's not hit the television screens yet so it's pretty low key. Well, um, maybe it will now, after this podcast. That's, that's my. That would be well, great. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. But actually, actually, that's kind of not my goal. No. And talking to you guys, I, I'm kind of, uh, you know, you've 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 kind of heard my opinion so far, but I just think, and we haven't talked about our experiences there, but the the ownership is very open to communicating with spirits inside the house there's a ouija board in 80 percent of the home just about every room now i did find out today that every room has mirrors in it did you every did you realize room. that yes and somebody made a point i was watching some youtube today and doing some research every room has a a mirror for that oculus effect and specifically the tour guide very nice people right but the mm -hmm. tour guide specifically said, do not try to cleanse, bless the house. Don't do it remotely. But you can conjure the demons if you want. Well, she I, didn't say I, that, I don't necessarily know how, how you would remotely cleanse a location. I don't know. 
<laughs> you could go, go into the trees and burn shit. I don't know. I got a sage bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I think the idea. Drop it over the house with an airplane. The idea maybe behind her saying that or whoever would have said that would be like if you set a damn speaker up and had somebody phone in and try to bless it. You could do that, but I don't know if that's yeah. what she meant. Maybe. Yeah, you have a priest call your cell phone and yeah, like, yeah. exercise the place exercise through your cell phone. The place. Don't do it remotely. But but why encourage or be open to conjuring so, methods but not blessings? She made a comment, I will add. Um, and I do love Kim. She's super nice. She's been yeah, great, angel great people. both trips that I've been on now. Um, but... She did make a comment the first time when she said, like, we don't want you blessing the house or cleansing it or whatever. She said something along the lines of it could potentially mess things up. And I don't know what she meant by that. Uh, you did mention that there was, like, a painting of a yes. creature. Yes. That uh, owner, is it the current owner? The previous owner. The previous the owner. Before, uh, Rich. Saw it on the stairs where the painting is, by the way. In a dream. It's at the top of the stairs in a dream, and he painted it, and, and it's still, it's there. It it's, sits in the spot on the it's wall. It's a seven-foot-tall painting from, from floor to ceiling, and it's creepy as all shit. Well, so getting back to the whole psychology thing, now that's planted. Yeah. That image is planted. You've seen it. That's planted. I saw it in my sleep when I was trying to sleep here. Like after we came home, like I just keep seeing this thing at the top of the stairs. But it's the the spook factor is very prominent in this place. It's got all the swinging chandeliers going on. You know, it's it's a typical haunted house look. Where's Houdini when we need him? Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, it's it's a nice house. It is a paranormal playground for sure. I think that any team goes in there, they're going to have something happen. Now, and I did appreciate the fact that when we went the first time on the fourteenth of May, um, she made it very loud and clear that you guys might be here all night and not have anything happen, which is great. And she didn't try to sell us on this is the most haunted place in the history of the universe, which is great. But I also asked her not to share any of that haunted information you know about what goes on in what rooms and all that stuff but um i just didn't get the feel that they were trying to sell the haunt sell the haunt to yeah. us specifically uh, well I probably about, you know it, it's better to have people who don't know all the history and then come in and have experiences um so tell me a little bit about so you go out there on may 14th uh, you arrive what evening or afternoon? Two hours earlier than expected, so six, 6 p.m. Yeah, she we had been in contact with the host a little bit, and she had some stuff to do. So she said, "If you can come by any earlier," and I said, "Well, we're in town, you know, whenever you want us to be there." So we arrived about six o'clock, and mm -hmm. she let us in and gave us a tour, and then she left, and we had the whole evening to ourselves. All right, so six p.m. You start setting up gear. She gave about an hour tour, right? Uh, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how many questions are asked. And, you know, which we didn't ask very many. We, like like you said a couple of times, we just kind of kept it simple. Facts, history, you know. Right. Don't sell the haunt type stuff. Yeah. Don't lead Show us what the rooms are. Like, yeah. what did the doctor do in here? Or, right. You know, why does this room look like this? Or 
This this was the doctor's bedroom. This was his yep, wife's exactly. bedroom. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and they had some displays up, you know. And they, she would tell us like, this is where Rachel's room, the little girl. This is Jesse, the little boy's room, and this is of course the seance room, and this is the Oculus room because they're named appropriately. But nothing about haunted stuff. Like she didn't give any inkling about what goes on. So we arrived at. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Yep. Got about a 45-minute tour. Um, didn't get any of the haunted stuff included in the tour on purpose. Um, she left, our, our host left. Mm -hmm. Her name is Kim, very nice. Um, and then just let us go. I mean, so about after that first hour, like um, 15 minutes after she left, I think we were just kind of getting our stuff out. And He said something about setting stuff up. Yeah, 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 I was asking about setting gear up. And so, what kind of gear did you guys take? So, we just had, I mean, the EMF meter. Well, first of all, I'll say that the Whispers has a plethora of toys for you to use. So, you could go there and not have anything. Yeah, wow. and I didn't expect that at all. There are literally 5,000 flashlights for anyone. You could have 10 flashlights on each of your toes and have a flashlight for everybody. I mean, literally, Absolutely. cases yeah. of flashlights. They have REM pods. They have K2s. Um, they have all kinds of stuff for you to Cat use. Cat balls. Cat balls, which are, I have one here, but it's a, I, have it I call it a ghost ball. Yeah. I don't have a cat, so. <laughs> um, they have things for you to use there, but we, we packed a full spectrum camera, which sees ultraviolet to infrared and regular, you know, visible light, but we took a, an old classic Sony night shot camera, which I love. <laughs> It's, it's so cool. I got the super duper battery packs on them and did a great job, by the way. We got some good footage that we're going to include on the feature. And, um, you know, we packed some EMF meters and some more cat balls, ghost balls. And, mm. um, orbs. Or, I got my sphere balls. box. Did capture or orbs, by the way. That place is a walking dust factory. Yeah. Oh, very, absolutely. It's easy to differentiate. Did you see Uncle Harry? I didn't see Uncle Harry. I said, I, I seen Aunt Janice, though. She did float down the hallway. Mm. But, yeah, plenty of orbs and dust there. There is a, a couple of interesting-looking orbs, but most of it's just dust. Dust. You can really tell it's sweeping around the room. But So, yeah, we had some uh, we had some stuff set up. I had, you know, for our May 14th trip, I had the night shot pointing up the stairs towards the painting. Just trying to capture anything that happened on the stairs. And then we had the full spectrum pointing into the surgical suite mm -hmm. where the doctor, I think it was his waiting room, yep. where the couches are, yep. pointing into the surgery area, mm -hmm. which is, there's two rooms. There's a surgery area that has a bed in it now. I'm not sure why there's a bed, but, and then there's a, a, a bathroom on the other side of it where, what happened in the... So the room with the bed is actually where was the examination room. He did his doctoring in there, but the surgery happened in, in the bathroom. The surgical suite, which would have been what is now the bathroom. Do you know if the surgery suite was that small? I believe so. That's interesting. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Well, oddly enough, I don't. I'm not a vibe person. Like, if I could ghost hunt and have the perfect ghost hunt, it wouldn't be a ghost hunt. First of all, it would be a distant observation of that of the dwelling. I would set up all my gear and remotely run into the house and not have a single soul inside of the house. Just listen to the house. Let it be natural, remove the human element and experience, and listen and watch environmentals, you know, and just let it be natural. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I had my first real experience inside of that little surgical bathroom. Right. Um, it's on the... Where you actually felt something. Yes. No, I didn't feel anything. Like, oh, it scratched me on the back of my neck. <laughs> but um, now I felt this very euphoric feeling on my arm. Like, kind of like I was high, but I wasn't. Not, not like sure? mentally, but no, like, <laughs> I, I felt like... It's, it sounds so dumb because I'm not that type of person. But I felt this very euphoric, like I was tripping, but my arm was like... Numb? Almost, but it was very much so like it had this vibration. Like, I can't even describe it. And I've felt that way before, but not just walking around the house. Um, so it was very hard to describe. And I had it happen twice in there. And I and I'm even that whole night that I went to Whispers Estate... I didn't feel any energies. I didn't feel a dark presence. Mm -hmm. I'm not psychic or intuitive or an empath. Didn't feel nothing from the house. But I did feel that sensation in that back surgical suite. That's the And, and that's the only time on a, on a ghost hunt I've ever felt anything like that. So that was interesting that I had a human experience. Never had that happen before. Yeah, your body, I firmly believe, can be an instrument when you're in... Anywhere. But I think it's kind of the problem for me. Being no, a skeptic. And that's, and like, when you brought that up to me the other day, because remember we were discussing. You got to make sure you ch- took your meds that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, something. <laughs> and, something. And who's going to believe me? Like, right. this guy is just another kook that feels well, that's something. When, when you brought that up to me the other day, you said, take the human element. I'm all for that, because I agree. What I do agree. you have? What do you have left? You have the environment. Well, I mean. what it is. Like, you know what I mean? If there's really a haunting going on, when people aren't present, the plates are still going to fly off the wall. You would think so. Well, That's my assumption. Well, uh, let's look at the Amityville. Um, they step out of the room. The chairs suddenly, you know, have rearranged themselves, right. you know, stacked in on top of the dining room table or whatever. But nobody was in the room right. at the time. So it, it follows that... Uh, if there's nobody in there, yeah. the events are still going to happen. It's still, it's the whole, if a tree falls in the woods thing. Right. If there's nobody to, to hear it. To make right. Noise. Well, basically what you're doing is you're saying, it is, is the haunting actually just a human experience? Exactly. Or is it actually something going on? Are houses haunted or are people haunted? I think a lot of times people are haunted because they go into these places with a preconceived notion that it is haunted and they have these experiences. But what's interesting to me is that, yes, I knew the history of the home and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. But for me, I go into a place and you see me that night. I had no problem going into any room by myself. I'm like, you know, it's just a, it's a scientific thing for me. I just want to get evidence and just document. I don't care that there's a demon over there. I will go into that room anyway. But I went into that room and I did have an experience. I couldn't explain that feeling. And it was just so like euphoric, just kind of like and took mushrooms or that something. Same room, just in my arm. <laughs> that same room was the only room in the house that bothered Kyle. Which is interesting Which too. Which is interesting because he's the same as you. He's yeah. He'll go anywhere. He doesn't care. He's there for right. cold hard evidence. Right. Like, if it's there, he wants to see it or hear it or yeah. whatever. Like, you know what I mean? But he, that room... Yeah, it got him too. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting in that part of the house, but and they say that you know the whispers people say there's a portal in certain parts of the house. I don't know how you all feel about portals, but 
that wasn't on the portal part of the house. Or, no. You know, it's just, I just had that experience back there. Um, I don't think we captured anything else going on in that area, but that first night, we didn't make it off the first floor of the home. We spent four hours in between the parlor, which is where the event happened, the incident, and we spent time in the doctor's suite and then the uh, dining room. We didn't. We never went into the basement. We never went to the second floor or the attic. Except on the tour or at all? Except on the tour. Yeah, we went everywhere on the tour. Just... We never investigated anywhere else but the first floor of the Whispers on yeah. uh, May 14th. So... All right, so you've got you've got things set up. It's I don't know what eight nine o'clock by now. Sun's gone down. At least eight, probably. Probably. Um, I know it was somewhere around eleven that you decided to do the Estes session. Sort of, yeah. About had to. Um, it was, yeah. So before that, the time in between that and when the situation happened, um, let's uh, you know what what were you guys doing for? you know, relatively two, three hours there. I think a lot of that was just kind of getting a feel for things. Um, we played around with a couple instruments, and like I said, we never, like he said, we never left the ground level. So we spent a lot of our time just kind of getting a feel for the place, getting a feel for the instru- instruments. We played around with a couple things. Um, we spent most of that in between time in what would have been the doctor's waiting room. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it as but far we, as that. But. but notice what we had going the whole time in between the the situation and when the tour guide left. Uh, we had a ghost box running the whole time trying to get a response. Did so, you get anything? Very interesting stuff, like stuff that I didn't expect to come through. Um, you know, the, the, the ghost box or the spirit box sweeps through FM or AM frequencies at 300 milliseconds a minute so you're getting mm-hmm. pieces of actual human non-ghost voices but where it gets interesting is is when the when the uh responses make sense to your questions it just seems like that shouldn't happen and at whispers even more so than i've seen like on tv shows or youtube videos or whatever at whispers for us they were very direct they were very in tune with our line of questioning which i found pretty interesting so we did a lot of that leading up into the the uh the incident that happened in the parlor which sent us running for the night literally all right so 11 o'clock i i i i time stamped it at 11 because i happened to actually be on facebook and saw that you were gonna live it it was like 1105 but it was about 11 o'clock um so you get yourself set up with your your headphones your blindfold yep it takes a couple seconds to get that together um you you pipe in the uh spirit box with little earbuds and then you're putting your noise canceling headphones over top of those blindfolding yourself just like a regular old dollar bandana um just cutting off your sight and sound so it's total sensory sensory deprivation now let me ask you i've never done it and won't obviously (laughs) how deprived were you of all everything except for the for the spirit box there were probably two very quick moments when i was under quote unquote under um where i could like the the spirit box was 
sweeping through, and I could hear that obviously, but I've just very faintly heard somebody's voice. Like, could you make us out? No, no, not at all. Okay. Just I could hear that somebody was speaking at the outside of me. So we used um, uh, firearms, um, noise reducing headphones. So they're very quiet. I forget what the decibel reduction is, but you can barely hear. Well, because I can hear you pretty good with these he- with yeah, this headset. Yeah, because those are just pieces of foam. Right. But these were very, very uh, appropriate for the experiment. Oh, sure. Yeah, very. Okay, so you were under, right? Yep, under. About there 11 o'clock. Not a lot. I couldn't see anything. I, there were a couple times, like, you don't even feel like you're there. Once you're you're in the shit, like, it's yeah. happening. Once you're in it. No, all, like, all you're doing is, is, is yeah. letting them know what's coming through yep. the yep. spirit box. Once, all I'm doing, yep. once the medium or the receiver hears something, no matter how asinine it sounds or if it makes sense to them, just say it. Just say it. Because it may make sense to us. And she at one point said something about an erectile dysfunction. Or or I said some, something about chronic erection. Yeah, chronic something. something erection. And we all just looked at each other. I think we snickered, but we kept going. But it didn't make any sense. Yeah. So it must have been some commercial or commercial something. for a local clinic or something. But it, the thing that the whole concept of a spirit box, just a spirit box in general, when it sleeps that fast, you wouldn't think you would get big words like that if it's sweeping fast enough. You know what I mean? So that's it could have been a commercial, and it likely was, but it's like yeah, because the spirit box does not stop for a complete sentence. No. It no. will, if you get a complete sentence, usually it's because you're getting more frequencies. Right. Like it just happens to form a sentence, but this, this did have sentences. Yeah. So, but up until 11 o'clock when we started this, when we went into Estes, I was very like, I'm ready to see this work and I'm interested to see, see if we get good responses. Yeah. But see, I'm, I'm very, very skeptical, skeptical about it. Me too. Very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Because of what we just talked about. These are real voices over the airwaves. I'm like, well, if they make, if they're interesting and they make sense to our questioning, that's where I'm a little intrigued. But for the most part, it's not ghost voices that you're hearing. No. But when you think about it, the medium is really going to another level. It's not like you have two people with their hands on a planchette on top of a Ouija board. You know, and they're doing their thing as a as a as a team. One person is off the radar, like has no idea. Well, has no idea what you're asking. Yes. So but they still know why you're there and where you're at. So, which which is where some of my skepticism comes in is, and I'm not saying anything no. about about no, no. what you've done, but uh, <laughs> the town's name, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably going to come up on the radio signal at some point for radio could. stations in the area. I never really thought about it, but it's it But, and I'm not, I'm not commenting about you, Vanessa. But no, you're good. The, the skeptic in me says that if I really wanted to show some a, a YouTube video or, uh, you know, and make a place out to be haunted, every once in a while I could salt and pepper oh, what I'm saying. With, with things that might be relevant. And yeah, because we're still on May 14th. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where my skepticism comes in is because uh, I kind of come from a, a Houdini perspective with it is that uh, 99.9% of the psychics that we see on TV shows, that we see on uh, YouTube videos, these uh, the popular people, they're charlatans. They're, 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 they're reading. They're, 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 there's... They're reading people's body language. They're they're doing all these different things. So, uh, 
it i i find it hard to believe that like it's not possible for somebody to just salt and pepper whatever they're actually hearing with other stuff that they can't hear the person asking the questions but ooh now this is relevant so the person who's asking the questions then goes hey she just said the wooden bridge and we we drove over a wooden bridge so <laughs> let's start asking questions along the lines of the wooden bridge and somebody like uh there used to be a psychic that had a tv show uh on uh, i think it was sci-fi channel uh where he was in an audience and and he would john he, edward i didn't want to mention names there you go it, it was john edward <laughs> He, he literally plays 20 questions, yeah. you know, and he'll sit there and, oh, is there somebody out here that has a family member that's passed that has an M in their name? And he watches the people. 90% of the group raises their hand. Well, right. But he, he can watch. And then he says, I'm, I'm, I, is it Marty? And he sees somebody's eyes light up. And then he's like, you know, Marty. Well, Marty has a message for you. You know, so he's standing right right behind you. By the way, you know, there's it's there's chicanery. There, (laughs) listen. I love that word. I have been a part of an Estes session at least four times. I was there a couple days ago. um, For the listeners, I I made a return. um, Part two. Two. Yeah, this was my part, part two. Uh, everybody else is pretty much done with the place, but I wasn't. I felt like... Are was, you now? You no. Know, to be completely honest with you, I'm still not done, but it's going to be a while before I go back, I think. Just because... It's a long haul. It's a long haul, and just based off of my night the other night, I'm just kind of, like, exhausted with it, truthfully, but... um. So anyways, we were doing Estes at one point in the, in the night, and I was the first to get blindfolded and go quote-unquote under. And, you know, I had my own moment. I probably did the longest one out of everybody. It's probably like 15 minutes or something like that. Um, and that, from what I've never, I haven't listened back to that at all, so I don't know how much of it was captivating or groundbreaking but uh, they say it was pretty cool it was a pretty cool moment when I did it but um so my mom did it she did it for about four minutes and then I passed it to Kim nothing was going on until we did Estes well really now you know what would be freaking me out at this is going on you're doing the Estes session Brent's asking the questions and the receiver says, Brent. That would freak me out. Mm-hmm. Especially if they don't really know who's asking the questions. You know, it would be Or quiet, Brent. Yeah. Here, here's what would be the ultimate. And if you ever do an Estes again, you should bring somebody along that knows nothing about the location. They, they're unbiased about the haunt, the phenomenon, the story, the history. And put them on. And but, really doesn't even know what Estes is. Right. Just say... Here's some headphones. Put them on. Listen, tell me what you hear. Speak it. Yeah. You won't hear us talking. We're going to have you out for 10 minutes, and we're going to bring you under by touching your leg. And let them, you know, it's very controlled. Nice. But now we have people that know they're in a haunted environment, and they're going to maybe interpret things the wrong way. Or people that run the show and have revenue going, 
into the pocket and may pump it up a little bit. Not saying that they're doing that, but you just don't know. Oh, it's out there. You I know just, it is. I just know that um, I don't think that nothing, I mean, I, I just don't think anything would have happened had we been playing Monopoly instead of doing an Estes session. At that time. <laughs> I just feel like, why did that happen? I think there's something to it. And we, I do. We're, we're talking about something we haven't explained to the listeners yet. But, Which I think we should you know, literally, yeah. literally, Houdini spent two years touring around the country debunking psychics. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... He's d- a magician. I mean, the best of the best. <laughs> Absolutely. Du- he's duping people with, you know, with... Well, I mean, illus- as an illusionist, Absolutely. The, the whole thing is you're tricking the mind. Yeah. Well, so after his mother died, uh, he went to a psychic for a seance to reach out and talk to his mom and the psychic made the big mistake that she didn't know that his real name was eric and so when she was speaking as harry houdini's mom she called him harry so harry knew immediately this woman's a fraud Bullshit. Yeah. and so then he just he immediately was like, well, all this stuff is is, is tricks. It, it's just an illusion show. And they're duping people yeah. all over the country. Mm-hmm. So he just went around the, the country. Torrent went, when he was on tour, and say he was in New York City, he would go and mess with the psychics and stuff that were on the streets doing all their stuff. And what a good idea. So, yeah, I mean, he, he made a lot of enemies. <laughs> Sure, did yeah. he live during the like the the spiritual spiritualist event? movement of the yeah. early well post World War One spiritualist right. movement? Um, if you look historically, um, after pretty much every big major global conflict, there is a, a new outcropping of spiritualism. I mean, that happens. I mean, it happened in the eighteen hundreds after the Civil War. Uh, you see this stuff with uh, uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, for example. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, after World War One, it cropped up again. Um, the 1970s is Vietnam's going on. You know, Age of Aquarius and all right, that. Right, you right. know, it, we, we tend to want to, I don't know, get back to our spirit and what it is to be a human spirit after we've murdered millions of ourselves, Isn't you know, that's something I never thought of that. Yeah. Yikes. Where the so, hell were we going with that? So <laughs> we were talking about, you know, the chicanery sure. possible, yeah. uh, with doing an Estes session. So now we're at 1105, May 14th. Uh, you, you're I'm under. Yep. I'm in it. And so what crazy happened? Cause you told me everything was just, even messages were, were kind of just so point on. So give me some examples. Well, you kind of hit on one. It was Mitchell, and then, you know, that could be a commercial and Mitchell, but um, it talked about um, it talked about the color of the light that we had in the room. It was red, and it talked about um, it said, I believe it said its own name. I, th- I think it said Whispers. I mean, what? It just doesn't. It didn't make a lot of sense. Some of the things it was saying, and then um, 
it said Vanessa's name. Said her own name. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I interpreted it as. And if you what think, I heard, yeah. If you think about it, like, why would it... Not why would it say your name, but what 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 dialogue on the radio would include Vanessa at that moment? I just... I don't know. Some of the things that were coming out were interesting. And then we started talking about the backyard. And I asked specifically what's in the backyard boom bones you know um if you heard bones you obviously said it but and then you talked about about two or three minutes before austin had his event his incident you said the word the beast mm-hmm. and it just you know a couple minutes later he was in this catatonic state so i found that really interesting but um do you remember when it started? I started talking about uh, the backyard or whatever. I guess at that point, I I just remember my responses, so I'm kind of trying to map out. Yeah. So it would have been at that time. I said something about. Um, man, I'm trying to think. I said something about. I think Mandy said, "Who's in the backyard?" or something like that. Mm-hmm. I've watched the live back a few times, but I just can't quite remember. And then I said, um, she said, is it male? And I said, no, or something like that. Or I said, uh, you said, who's in the backyard? I said, I don't know. Nobody knows. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That was really interesting. There there was some uh, interesting responses, but... For me, the the whole Estes thing wasn't the wasn't the uh, cherry on top for the night or the most interesting part. It was the whole thing that happened with Austin. So I guess we should explain that. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen the, the if all the listeners have watched the live. Uh, I actually wa- went on to watch a movie because you guys hadn't gotten started and sure yeah you know, we're sitting around the house so. Instead of watching your live session, I watched a movie. And the next morning when I got up, I was like, oh, I need to go back and look at this. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it, and I I see uh, what's going on with Austin. And I look at the comments, and somebody asked if he was having a panic attack. And my concern was seeing him and some of the, the, the facial features and stuff was that he was having a stroke. That's so, what we all we all had that moment. Where like, so yeah. you know, like right away, I I texted Brent and I, you guys were on your way home. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell happened, dude? Yeah. Um, and you know, I caught different things. You did another live where you were outside. The ambulance had I Austin. I did a quick on my personal I've on never my personal seen that, Facebook. I did a live. Yeah, uh, just for family and friends and whoever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was like uh, we're packing up, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and I was like, I mean, you know, did blood come out the walls? And you in know? my live, you can see that there's like, yeah, you can, behind me. Yeah, and, you can you know, see the lights. The you still have that footage? I, yeah, it should still be on my personal Facebook. Yeah, you can you can see the the squad lights and stuff yeah. going, and uh, wow. so I I you know, it went from you know when the live ended, yeah, where you were asking for somebody to get on the phone to get a squad there, yeah. Um, somebody having a possible stroke or possibly That's having a stroke. That's what I said to them on the phone, yeah. And then hers 
outside with the squad. So I kind of knew that, you know, the squad actually did end up coming. Something important happened. Right. I called it a medical event. I mean, I well, I mean, honestly, a panic attack is. It's, it's not right. just psychological. It's also physical. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, you know, profuse sweating. Uh, the, the anxiety can raise your blood pressure. Absolutely. You know, there, there's all kinds of things that can go on. And... And so, actually, it was really good, even just being a just being a panic attack, because it, it it's actually really hard to say that because panic attacks are actually pretty Very severe. Yeah. Well, but they're pretty. It, it, it's it's a severe event for your not just psychologically but physically. Yeah, for because your body, it's a lot for your body to go he, through. He had a hundred and forty pulse rate when they checked him, and that was moments after it began. You know, after they arrived. Mm-hmm. But his, his How long did it take the ambulance to get there? Oh, about maybe. Four to six minutes. Oh, that's good. That's better than Columbus. Yeah. (laughs) It was a a volunteer firefighter group that came, and I think it was just one guy at first. He showed up first, and he he interacted with me, and I was still tending to Austin. But um, Austin was in this fit, in this catatonic mode of just staring and not talking for about... Well, and his mouth kept opening and closing. So yeah, let's, he, he was puffing like a fish, like he was trying so to So what up. happened is, basically, we're in this Estes, I'm in this Estes situation, and we're about 10 minutes in, and then you pull me out. And at that point, I don't know what's going on. I just know I'm piping shit through the, through the spirit box out to you guys, and you pull me out. You tap me, and you said, come out. And I look over at Austin, and his hand's on top of his head, a couple of people are, you know, trying to get him to calm down and patting his back and saying, you know, Austin, you know, calm down, you know, whatever, trying to get him together. I still at that point didn't know what was going on with him or what had happened that was so eventful, but um, he couldn't speak. And he was staring above my shoulder behind me, which was extremely unsettling to come out of what I was doing and look at to come out of what I was doing to look at um and I just remember having this moment with him as soon as I came out just looked at him and um I was really bothered just by how he looked just simply by how he looked and I knew that something was definitely wrong um and you could tell he had the appearance appearance of he just you you hear Oh, you look like you saw a ghost. I've never put that more accurately with somebody in my entire life because it's exactly what he looked like. But he was looking over my shoulder and he was just in this like catatonic, because that's the best word I could use to describe it. Um, Frozen state of paralysis. He couldn't speak. For God's sakes, he could barely like breathe. The The first words that he said to me when he first started talking was that everything hurt and then i was like this this guy's having a seizure even hours after that he talked about how every muscle in his body was was aching and you know he did have some saliva coming out of his mouth and just staring off like a like a a mild seizure experiencer would do i I'm kind of leaning towards like a mild non-convulsive seizure yeah, of I some type. Yeah, I didn't get convulsions. Nothing at all. Yeah. A petite. Yeah. Um, but what triggered it? 
I mean, so, so just to kind of backtrack a little bit, she was doing the Estes, and we were just having a normal time. Everybody had a great time up until that point. Mm-hmm. He's actually talking about, I think he's talking about pizza boxes or something in the other room, because for whatever reason, you can see the ladies react to it, but pizza boxes fell over on the table in the, in the dining room. And um, just moments after that, you know, he's talking about something that has to do with that. And then, boom, all of a sudden, he says, oh, I got a headache. And then he, he grabs says, his head. He says, I don't like it. I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, he says, I don't like it. I and don't like it. Like and then he immediately locks his eyes into the corner of the room above her, b- between me and her. I'm kind of standing over her somewhat. And um, I think I was the only person standing, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was in this state for 30 to 40 minutes. Never, his eyes came off of that corner maybe twice. One time it was to look at the camera, which I found kind of weird. Like That's interesting. But I turned the light off, the, the ambience light and all that stuff. Um, but I still had it recording and I didn't realize I did. But I pointed it at him at some point. But the first words he did say to me was that everything hurt. Well, I mean, his body's just been through a huge trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Blood pressure's been at things like hot, that. And... Sweating profusely, still in a panic. That panic lasted for two hours, even when we got 15 miles down the road to the hotel. He was still in a panic, did not want to go into any room. He said, I don't want to be in a room. But he, on the, it was interesting, on, on the car ride home, he was saying things to me that scared the shit out of me. Like, that's really what did it for me. So start with when you first got in the car before you before you pulled away to the house well away he, from the house he was just telling me that um, it watched him leave he said he said he watched me leave it was behind the police officer he watched me on the porch he was saying stuff like that and he kept repeating it and I was like oh who he wouldn't tell me who or describe or anything like that at that point but as I was getting ready to pull away, I'd done secured the house, got in the car. Cops were kind of out front and doing their thing with the fire people. Um, every, our group was in their um, vehicles. Mm-hmm. respective vehicles. We were getting ready to leave, and his head, Austin's head, just turned to the side. And he was breaking his neck to look at the front porch, like the 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 doorpost between the front window and the back window. He was he cocked his head all the way back just to make it a point to look at the the front porch of the house before we pulled away and he would not stop looking at it until we got out of sight of the house. I told him, I said, quit looking at the house. And once we left, he's making the house, sure it didn't follow. Yeah. Right. Still there. Once we left that went around kind of the block and it got out of view. He was like, keep going. He just told me, keep going. And then he went back into this fit and he was just staring out the front window going, <laughs> I couldn't get him to calm down. And, and then he started talking about, um, he just he looked over at me as I was driving because I kept an eye on him. I didn't know if he was going to f- open the door and flop out or right. didn't know what was going on. But I, it was the hardest car ride I ever took. And he scared the shit out of me because he said, he looked at me, he said, it's so mean to people. It's so mean to people. And he kept saying it. And uh, he said it had no eyes, but it looked at me. And, and then he... You know, when we, we pulled into a gas station because we had to get gas, and he begged me not to stop. And we were about half a mile from the place on the main highway. Well, he started actually vomiting. Yeah. As soon as I opened the door, he threw up, and uh, he he told me to keep going. I said, look, i got to stop to get gas so I can get you out of here. And we did that, but 
he started talking about, he said it rose up from the floor and he said it was tall as, as tall as the ceiling. He said it had no hair. He kept saying that it had no hair. And uh, he kept repeating it was so mean to people. And that it's, it, it kept looking at him. It wasn't interested in anybody else but him. But it was as tall as the ceiling. And uh, really no other description. He said it was skinny. I think he did say mm-hmm. that eventually at the Slender, hotel. Slender, yeah. Um, but nobody, nobody said, hey, did it look like the rake or the painting at the top of the stairs? We've yet to ask him those questions. And I don't know if we will, but... Was it the Slender Man? Could have been the Slender yeah, Man. I shouldn't have said Slender Man. But here's the thing. And, and, I, and I did an hour, <coughs> hour and 13 minute long commentary for her video about my opinion of it. My thing is, whether Whispers is haunted or not, or the Estes had anything to do with anything, is irrelevant to the fact that something happened to a young man that has no bias about the haunting there. He's not like us who watches an occasional ghost show on Travel Channel or has had experiences in haunted places. He has not. This is his first ghost hunt. He doesn't watch Ghost Adventures and watch Zach Baggins, Baggins <laughs> flail around the floor possessed. He's he's just isn't interested in that type of stuff. But he was into it that night. Like he knew what we were doing there, and he's we were all there to have fun and have the experience. He just, this happened to him. Like, it's on video. It wasn't fake. No. The, the paramedic looked at him and said, look, he said, listen, buddy, if you don't start answering my questions, I'm going to take you to the hospital and you're going to get sedated and blah, blah, blah. Didn't phase him a bit. He just kept looking at the corner. To me, that would scare the shit out of me. Like, oh, I'm not going to have my brain split open and examined. I'm yeah. going to come out of this real quick. He could Did not. not phase him. No. He still looked at the corner of the room, and I don't know what the hell he was looking at. So here's where I'm at with it. Um, Me getting the privilege of being within feet, just like a foot maybe, of what would have been this thing that he described. I So from the moment I got to Whispers, um, I quickly fell ill. I quickly fell ill. Um, I the, this most current trip. So this is the May fourteenth. Okay. The, the very second I walked into the home for the first time, I was the first one of us of our crew to walk in with the tour guide. My blood pressure skyrocketed. I could feel it. Um, my body just felt warm. I felt like I was walking through quicksand. Um, very nauseous shooting stabbing pains in my stomach I actually had to leave the tour within the first 10 minutes to stop off into the haunted bathroom that some guy died in the bathtub literally that happened we just got done talking about what happened in that bathroom we didn't talk about the paranormal but she did tell us where a death supposedly happened yeah the guy a guy did crack his head on that porcelain clawfoot tub. And he and died he and died he wasn't it. found for three days. So I got the privilege of stopping off in in, in And using the restroom. Yeah, yeah. We were on our way up to the attic and she was like, Excuse me, I need to I've gotta do, do this. Like, and she was sick in the bathroom. Well, in the servants' quarters seconds before I had to stop off, I was doubling over in pain. I had to literally bend down a little bit and put my hand on my knees and look at the floor for a minute because it like it was stabbing pain. So I was, 
I'm telling you, sick the moment I got there. But it just proceedingly got worse. And I know at some point during, towards like the middle of our night, we ordered pizza. Yep. Didn't, didn't have a single a piece of it. of it. I was sick the entire time. I feel like. More for me. There, there was something um, very draining there um, for me. Well, it's all those unclosed uh, conjuring sessions that people do. And, and I don't know how I feel open. about portals or anything like that. I don't know how I feel as far as that. But I do believe in energies and things that do exist that we do not understand or can see or whatever you have it. But something physically affected me. And I, I can tell you, listen, it is not going to matter to anybody, but... I just want to say that I don't, I don't know, I, I don't think that it was just me getting sick conveniently at that time. I just think that... Have you ever done that to, at another place? Um, at another haunted place, let's say. Maybe once or twice. Maybe once or twice. Never to that degree. Never to that degree. But fast forwarding, you went to Whispers again this past weekend on the th- on the third, which was a Friday of June, mm-hmm. and you had a similar uh, um, illness, right? But worse. Yeah. Um, it was far worse. It so on the way to the house, um, just severe nausea, stabbing pains, trips to the bathroom. Um, I'm telling you, I was doing everything I could not to have to turn around and go home. I had to pop some Zofran, like, I had to stop at a Walgreens randomly for some Pepto. Like, I was so sick. Um, you think you were just nervous? Or not at all. Like, hey, this place is... I was so excited to go back, and I was so happy to be going back. I was disappointed that I was having all of these things happen to me and happen to my body, and... um. But I went back, and let me tell you, when I got into the house, the energy there was a lot more comfortable. Really? This time around. But I was still so sick. Didn't eat. I had just had my first meal yesterday, uh, last night. Wow. Probably about midnight within the past two days. I just finally had my first meal last night. Wow. Um, Because it carried... So you, you felt like this house gave you a, a negative physical, like a psychosomatic effect that That's my, it, it yeah. affected you physically? Twice. Twice. Two times. And you still want to go back? I'm not done with it. That's I just, my, like, I, I don't feel done with it. I do feel like I'm, it's going to be a good while before I make my return. There, to there's there. other haunted places you can go and not have that experience. Oh, I've been sure. to a ton of them. I've never had somebody go into a seizure for 45 minutes because of a hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's because of the place. I can't. I keep going back to that. If we were playing shoots and ladders on the coffee table, would that have happened? I say no. No. I say no. But there's something I haven't told you, Kurt. I've told you, but the owner, Rich Ballard, he called me a week and a half after our first visit on May 14th. So it was a week and a half after that. He was concerned about Austin. You know, he wanted to see if he was okay and, you know, if I had anything I wanted to add. And But prior to that, I had talked to Kim, the, the tour guide for that night. I told her the whole story. But 
Um, so they they didn't tell anyone about what happened to us, right? And but he said that there was a group in there two weeks after we went, and there was another young man that went through there and had the ex- exact same experience as Austin. He fell into this catatonic state of staring and just being non-responsive. He said it sounded very similar to what I had just told him on the phone. And that group had no idea what happened to us just before that. And I said, Rich, I said, that's why you need to stop letting that stuff go on in that house. I was very upfront with him. I said, yeah, you got a beautiful home. You guys are great people, but you're opening things up in this home that, that, that are not leaving that it's not properly done it shouldn't be done if it's going to be that way and he did tell me he said if if there's one more incident like that he's pulling the plug on the whole program meaning you know the the openness to have people conjure in the house which i think is appropriate i that's just me i like i said if we were playing shoots and ladders that shit would have never happened that night i don't know what the young man was doing two weeks ago to get his, his event going but I honestly think that, uh, and and we've had this discussion numerous times, uh, when people dabble in the things that, that they don't understand and do rituals and they aren't properly trained on how to open them or close them properly, I'm skeptic. But opening doors and leaving them open, you don't do it in your house. You know, dad would always say, hey, you're born in a barn. Sure. You know, yeah, you don't, you don't so want flies in. Here, here we're doing it spiritually. Mm-hmm. We're opening the barn door and leaving it open. And nobody's dad is telling him, hey, were you born in a barn? Yeah. You know, so I, I, whether or not, you know, there's, you know, entities and beings, things that we can't prove, the intent is there and and so even psychologically a lot of things goes toward intent Uh, you ask psychologists and you know they're going to tell you well you know you can psychologically manifest things through your intent so whether or not it's actually esoteric or if it's scientific or whatever doing these things in this place is not good for people it's just not uh, the the whole mirrored room that that whole idea freaks me out. Yeah. Um, it, it, you you would completely lose your your whole visual perspective. And that's what it's meant to do. Right. It's meant to invoke an experience. And, and it's going to. Yeah. Even psychologically, and on a scientific level, it's going to screw you up. Yeah. So why do we do it? Well, that particular business, Whispers Estate, that home. They encourage it everywhere there. I mean, it's it's there for you to use and perform and do. I think a lot of times people are doing this just, and for me it was the same way, they're doing this just as an experiment or to be, you know, to capture evidence or be scientific about it. But it's really, you're, you're tapping into another plane. That's the way I look at it more on the foo-foo side or the woo-woo side. Like, And I, I wasn't there when we first did that. I was like, hey, this is just something to, to try. But 
we weren't playing shoots and ladders. We were, she was in another realm. I could tell, I mean, she was going and going. It was really, had a weird, you were in a weird mode. I can, I can tell you that much. And then that happened. It didn't happen in before that, you know what I mean? Like we were all great. He I was agree. smiling and talking about pizza boxes two minutes before this happened. Mm -hmm. What happened? We, we attracted something to that session. That's what I firmly believe. Here, you don't believe it, do you? Well, let me speak on a moment. Just, I'm talking seconds before Austin had his encounter, if you will. Um, I said something about, thank you. And then you said, what did we give you? Um, I said it got bigger. Right. And I don't know if that was in reference to a portal, but that's the only thing I could As in, thank make. you for opening the portal wider. Thank you, it got bigger. Right. I'm here. I'm, I came through. I, that's the only relevance if. I could make from that. Listen, I don't know. But that was something else. It was just seconds before he went out of it. Like, yeah. He was just gone. He was there, and then he wasn't. I think something popped in to see what we were doing, and it looked at Austin. It, ironically, he has a devil tattooed on this side of his neck and an angel over here, both whispering into each ear. He's the only one that has, like, crazy tattoos. Like, well, I have some, but not, like, biblical and demon shit on me. But it, whatever it was chose him to have that moment, if you believe that. I do. I Like I said, we weren't playing Candyland. Well, here's the thing. Earlier in the night... Austin had a very brief moment, and I have this on camera. I have yet to show you. Austin had a brief moment of provocation. Really? Yes, he did. So I, I heard that that happened, but I don't know what you're talking about. I will have to show you, and I will have to put this in the thing, the feature that I'm putting together. But he did have a moment of provocation. And you said in your um, testimonial, I guess... Uh, that he is kind of a goofball and he yeah. kind of goes, he's the comedic relief of the group and we accept him for that. But, you know, he was doing, he was very impressive the entire night. He didn't really act like an ass. I at thought all. he was going like, to act like an ass the whole night. He, I was going to have to call really him. He really didn't. He but just, he was, he's a good ghost hunter. He did, <laughs> he did have that brief, brief moment of, I want to piss this thing off. You know, screw it. I want to, he said that. And I think you came in and you're like, no, you don't want to do that. But I think that if you believe it, whatever this thing was that popped in, he was targeted because he was, you know. Because he challenged it. This is not a, this is not yeah. a game. And it just kind of like, look, you see me, this is not a game. I don't know. If you believe that, like you said. Yeah, if you believe it. I just know that something happened that sent us packing. I mean, I told well, I mean, you had a medical shit. incident. We're leaving. You had a medical incident. We I had mean, a medical incident. Yeah. Now, I mean, even beyond, you know, I, I don't. Years ago, when we did Nemecolon, if somebody had, you know, uh, jumped down the stairs, landed on somebody's back, sprayed that person, sprained their back, yeah. and we had a medical incident, you, we would have all packed up you, and left. You cannot investigate beyond that. Right. No. With him flailing around the couch like he was, it's not like we were going to go upstairs and but do a I think hey, 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 take him over to the hospital. We're going to stay. The, the no, nail in the coffin, or I guess, right. if you will, would have been the things he was saying. Yeah. 
coming out of that. And for the simple fact that we stood into the hotel parking lot because he didn't want to leave the hotel parking lot. He didn't want to go inside. He didn't want to lay down. He didn't want to do anything. He just wanted to sit in the parking lot. I tried to approach him, and he started to go back into the fit, and he said, no, no, get away from me. Yeah, he kept looking at her in the hotel parking lot an hour and a half later saying, you saw it. He kept looking at me in my eyes and was like, you saw it. And of course I didn't. Something interesting, too. So Austin's biological father passed away a couple of years ago, young. And um, Vanessa had some sort of uh, relevance to that. Will you explain? I had an experience, um, but I have I've probably only had something similar happen probably twice in my life. Um, where the second I came out, you tapped me. This is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, in the S, okay. it's what happened. Um, the second I came out, uh, I looked at Austin. Like I said, I didn't know what was happening. I just know that he wanted me. You know, something happened with Austin. I was looking at him. He was in the state, and it was so disturbing to see him that way. But I had this instant moment where I had a flash image in my head of his dad in the room with us. Just so not like, I don't think about his dad, you know what I mean? Like I would have had no reason to think about him. Um, But I looked at Austin and I saw his dad in the room, just in my head. I didn't physically see him with my eyes, but in my head I just, I saw him in the room. And uh, just bizarre. Yeah. That I, I don't, have, like I said, that's happened like, to me a couple other times in my life, um, in my adult, just in my adult years. But yeah. I um, find it interesting that you saw that at that moment, it even was if that it was moment. a flash in your head. Yeah, and um, I just it took me a minute to kind of register after that. Next thing I knew, you were at his aid trying to get him to come to and you looked at Victoria and said call 911 immediately yeah. you know possible stroke and I was like whoa so this whole process coming out of that for me and then having that shocked back into reality yeah having that experience with his dad and then like he's in trouble that's that's what the feeling I got so he's in trouble like physically mentally yeah and, and you know what up and up until he started actually speaking about it or him, something else being there, it was just a medical event for me. I wasn't mm-hmm. scared of the. I still wasn't feeling like no. The place it was it very didn't haunted. become about that. No, later. but until he started talking these very un-Austin like things, like it's mean to people. Austin would never say that. Like that's so no. uncharacteristic. This guy, he he just it's not him. And I, because I know him, you know, I helped raise him. And, and you it's would like, have to know him for it to validate it for yeah. you further. But he started, I mean, he spooked me out enough to where I was praying in the car, like, and I don't pray very often. And I think whatever I said to whoever it would be, God, I think I was praying to God, it worked. Because I, going down the road, I felt a lot better, but I just knew something was wrong enough for me to do that. I think I said the right words too, and it, it gets uh, my adrenaline gets going when I think about that car ride. Like that was that car ride was more traumatic than being in the home with him. You got to experience something that none of us got to experience, yeah. and that was the car ride. He was unloading on me. 
You know? Nobody has got to speak to him. It the is. Way you it have. is too bad that you weren't able to record it. I know. In retrospect, I wish I would have left everything running. Maybe even on accident, but it should have been documented, and I don't have any of it. We've just got what we've got of the it's, incident well, itself. It's we probably going to be impossible to ever debrief him on it. Yeah. It's just something that's left open. His mom, Mandy, doesn't want me to even approach him about it, but I think eventually it'll probably come out in a conversation. But I'm nervous about what he's going to say. Yeah. I am, I fear that talking about it, he's going to go back into a fit. And that sounds crazy, but I fear that. Like, I don't want him to start hyperventilating or something. I, it, I, he won't. It would probably happen if somebody forced him to talk about it. But if you just let him eventually talk about it on his own, yeah, it should it, be all right. If he wanted a hypnosis to review that night, it would be bad. You think so? Yeah, but not just in a general conversation. Because for me, whatever caused that is back at Mitchell, Indiana. Mm-hmm. It's not here in Lancaster. The vibes that I got was whatever that was, was not a permanent to the home. I feel like it was something that pops in and, and out. And I don't go by vibes. I don't have a vibe I about do. that thing being there or not, or, but I just know what happened. Sure, yeah. A guy with no bias had an incident like that for no reason and said the spookiest shit for no mo- with no motive or intent. And it caused us to take 300 and whatever dollars it was and toss it out because we didn't get to finish the place. And on down the road we went. I mean, just for no reason all that happened. It That is what interests me. Mm-hmm. Not the haunted house or the really the Estes, but something invoked this kid to have a, a medical incident that sent us all packing for Absolutely. the Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the things that he said were just downright dark, not like him. You know, and none of it was faked. Not a bit of it. Every every bit of everything that came out of his mouth was genuine. And it was genuinely spooky to me. I mean, well, I can't explain it. So afterwards, there was a period where I thought he thought, remember when he was like, get away from me, like, don't come near me, and he started to hyperventilate again when I would walk towards him. I thought for sure he thought that this was my fault. Like, this happened to him because of something I did. And I bawled like a baby because eventually he said, you know, I don't think it's her fault to somebody. And then I just lost it because that's awful. You know what I mean? We spent a hundred and something dollars on, like, Whispers Estate clothing and tire that night. We took it off and threw it in the dumpster. We didn't want it coming home with us. Yeah. That's how that's how troubled we were about the whole thing. I mean, just based on his his state, you know, two hours later it was hard to get him out of it. I was so ready to just throw my spirit box out the window, the moving car on the way home. But you haven't. I have not. I uh And you went back. I slept on it. See what happened was May fifteenth was a different story. I woke up and I just felt differently. I was like, I'm not done. I feel differently now. I would go back there because I'm not scared. Like, I don't feel like, even if there is some presence in the home, I don't feel like I would let that happen to me. You know what I mean? I I just feel like I'm empowered to have that experience or not. I, I just refuse. But then again, I watched somebody else have that experience that probably thought the same thing. So, um, I don't know. I, I just don't think that 
it's good business to be letting people have rituals. Just, I mean, just unadulterated. Open the doors up and let chaos in. come in. And, yeah, Here's just, the thing, though: nobody knows 190 percent if these things truly exist, and if they do, that place is so fucked. Absolutely, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Like. There's no place that I've ever heard of that's mainstream that you can go publicly investigate that allows that to happen. It's like... It's a cesspool of energies, good and bad. You know what I mean? If you if you believe that. Like, I keep, you know, touching on that. But... If you believe it, yeah. I mean, but it is, but it's factual. That stuff goes on there. Like, you can have you, those... Yeah those conjuring experiences there and you're trying to get things to talk to you good or bad no other place really allows it it's like yeah a lot of places disallow it but this is just like night after night after night after night new things coming in and out if you believe it coming in and out of this place like doing what it does and i think people are going to get hurt at some point some guy had a heart attack there that was a part of it. He well, was doing I mean, a thing in a closet and had a heart attack. Uh, honestly, you know, a panic attack isn't far yeah. from a heart attack or a stroke. Mm-hmm. It they can they can cause a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah. So and you know what? Somebody who struggles with anxiety and panic attacks. I'm talking my entire life. Uh, very unpredictable. But Austin is he's never been a panic attack guy. Not ever. He's never had that. Any, not even anything one time. like that happen. No medical history, no nothing. It's so, just random. It was just a th- random situation yeah. that happened. And it's unfortunate too. I mean, we were all having a great time and didn't even get to go on any other other floors to no. check out. We know we never left the parlors after that. Like we Yeah. Just, we left the house after that. Yeah. We were <laughs> gone. We gathered our shit and I even left the pizza sitting there. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's more important than the gear. <laughs> So, how yeah. did you forget the pizza? I just wanted out. I just, <laughs> I just wanted. I wanted to get him away from the house. Like, yeah. it, there was no stopping that until we left. I knew he that. said. He said on the porch. He's like, I need to go home. You know, even when we got to the hotel, I was like, I had to look at him. I said, if you don't calm down, I started getting a little. Dad. Tough love. Yeah, I said, if you don't calm down, you're going to the hospital. Like, what the fire guy was saying. But I said, I don't have any other choice. Like, I don't know what to do with you. I'm not leaving you out here. I said, you need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, at some point, you know what I mean? You got to... Uh, and he did. He did. I got him to come out of the car and sit with me on the curb over there. And mm-hmm. He chain-smoked about 20 cigarettes. Rightfully <laughs> Probably so. Probably a whole pack in like an hour. <laughs> um, but Lucky he wasn't looking for something harder. No, oh my yeah. goodness. After that... So, what what so happened? I, I go back. Yeah. Three weeks later, and... Like I said earlier, if I said earlier, I can't remember. Um, the vibe was just totally different when I walked in. It was very innocent feeling. It was almost like there was nothing there at all. Like you, it's baseline. Did like, somebody do an illegal blessing? I guess so. Right. <laughs> Maybe I remoted it. I uh, I walked in and I, it was close to nothing. What was there was very faint. It was very just innocent like but yet you were still empathically sick about the place i was extremely sick i was sicker than the first time which i can't make sense of that Mm. same exact sickness just worse indiana 
This must yeah. be Indiana because it was just minutes after I passed the welcome to Indiana. <laughs> so, and it was all downhill from there, all downhill from there. So, but so I get there, and of course the whole investigation was just as organi- disorganized as the first because I'm still. It's the first one I ever done that you weren't a part of, which is a bummer. But I also, you know, I, I need to. to you learn, had to be the lead. You know? I, I I need to learn these things for myself, obviously, and. That's what it kind of was for me was an, ex- you know, an experiment to, you know, how do I do this? Like, so like I said, I was very disorganized. There were, um, there was the tour, of course. I, I had new faces with me, so I needed them to go on the tour. I did ask Kim again to refrain from sharing the paranormal side of things during the tour. And uh, now did people that were with you know about? happened on may 14th uh a couple of them a couple of them they did uh my mom of course you know she's gonna know because she she saw the live stream i think she's known austin his entire life you know what i mean so she and she saw the live stream so she was all concerned when that happened and she was nervous to go in at that point she's like oh you know but um well i bet lots of yeah i'm surprised you went back uh well i and to be honest the way i felt the night we left on the 14th, I was sh- certain that I was never going back. But like I said, I slept on it, and I was a different person the next day. But um, we're there. Like I said, the energy in there was just not, it almost wasn't there. You know what I mean? It was just empty, and we uh, videoed a couple. We set up a couple, you know, night shot, you know. I set up in Full the spectrum. hallway. Yeah. Took a lot of, uh, well, a good a couple handfuls of uh, full spectrum still images. Still images, and uh, we had a couple REM pods floating around the house. We had a good, a couple of good REM pod moments. Um, yeah, Kyle, Kyle. Kyle's the only one that's told me anything about that. Yeah, no. I was so in in it that I wasn't like communicating with anybody. I know he like messaged you at one point and was like, "This is what's happening." But yeah, he told me something. I'm waiting for you to tell me about. So. Um, Towards the end of the night is about midnight, um, I think. I was like, I wasn't, up until this point, I wasn't 100% sure that I was going to Estes again in that location. But I had all the gear, just in case. So I get up, and we're in the servants' quarters, and I'm sitting on the church pew. No no slaves or servants ever there, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why it's called it. That's just what they call it. Yeah, because it's got a back stairwell that goes into the kitchen. And there's like... Well, and yeah. The, yeah. When the house was built, that was probably the intent, mm-hmm. um, was to have servants in it. So I'm sitting on the church pew, and I'm like, I'm actually so... And just, just for listeners, there is a church pew upstairs just randomly. In it's the just, yeah, just this pew. It's like yeah, a, a single row. Yeah, a single bench just sitting against uh, a curtain. Yeah. With a small space behind the curtain that they don't want people walking in just for safety reasons. Yeah, the floor the is floor, bad or something. The floor is kind of older. It's more of a barrier because it's a long pew and it kind of makes sense. But um, So I was sitting in the middle of the church pew and I had to I had Kim on one side and I had my friend Avery on the other side of me and I was like I'm actually so comfortable in fact I think I could try an Estes right now 
and wouldn't you know it, Kyle, I look over, he's already got the stuff in his hands for the Estes. Yeah, yeah, be the <laughs> And I didn't even know he brought it upstairs with him. He was obviously ready to go on that, more ready than I realized, but he's like, no problem, I've got it right here. So <laughs> I gear up, and I'm like, you know, uh, I get my blindfold, and I'm in it, and you know how it goes and I'm sitting there waiting for stuff to fly through and sitting here right now I can't even tell you half of what I said only a couple key points um it did say the name Austin very clearly loudly uh in fact and when I repeat things I repeat them as I hear them Mm -hmm. to volume to tone oh um so on May 14th when I was doing Estes, at one point they asked a yes or no question and I said C, sí, because that's how it came in, was in Spanish, C. Sí. Like C, sí, senor. C. Sí. Yeah. That's how it came in. Um, but anyways, so I say things as I hear them, as they're coming to me. And I heard Austin, very loud, very clear, undeniable. Hmm. And... Um, I think I, at some point, very rapidly said, when the body doesn't move, when the body can't move. Full sentence, very clear. When the body can't move, or something like that. What kind of a radio show would that be? And then I said, no. What frequency put that out there? I know. But then I said, Facebook. Radios talk about Facebook all the time. But just it was so relevant because... Austin, body can't move, Facebook. When It said, when the body can't move or something like that. I'll, I have, I'm still collecting footage and yeah. audio from different people that were there, but... So it sounds relevant to the very night. Very relevant, very clear. Austin couldn't move. I we almost were doing wish a Facebook everybody live. else could have heard it. Like, it was, yeah. Um, very relevant because it was on Facebook Live where all the shit went down. What, what were you thinking about during that time? Nothing. Like, you can't really. I, I don't think about anything. Like, when you're... It pisses me off I want to shake you because I want you to do it one time just so you... It's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but it's like I want to choke the piss out of you sometimes because <laughs> it's like you got to... Nobody knows it but the person who does it. And I could sit here and explain to you all day, but at the end of the day, you'd be like, yeah, whatever. But you don't know it. Anybody wouldn't know it unless they've tried it. But it's like, that's, you know. I haven't tried it. And we actually, before the whole whispers thing happened, right. we were talking about, like, having a an experiment mm-hmm. where he and I would just BS ask BS questions, just, yeah, sit around, just jabber jaw and have somebody in an Estes session and see if anything came out of it that actually was relevant. just... Yeah, just kind of bullshit. If the the receiver starts spitting spooky shit, you know it's probably, you know what I mean? Because you're not talking about, I get that, yeah. Well, and and just, you know, anything that might actually be relevant to what we were BSing about, Mm -hmm. though would be a trigger no, saying, yeah. hey. So if they were talking about, if the receiver started saying, get out, or, you know, yeah. but you're talking about pizza and tacos, it's like. Yeah, yeah. which we did the first night. Yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, I did think it was pretty intriguing, that first Estes that we did on the 14th, when you said it's May 14th, and I was like, 14, 
don't know. I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's at the very beginning of the live mm. stream. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't know. But I think it was the first thing that, that she it said. It was the first there, thing I said. There's yeah. something interesting going on with that. I, I don't fully know about it, like what I, what to think. I just know what happened while the Estes was going on. Didn't happen prior to that. Yeah. Well, are you familiar with the remote viewing? Very uh, much so. I'm Like um, the whole CIA. Right. I, I, a lot of that's very deep and well-documented. Right. I, so... Yeah. The, to me, this is almost like the same thing. You know, they take the remote viewers, they give them sep- sensory deprivation, they tell them to draw something, and then it ends up being, you know, whatever they were, the other people in the other room were focusing on. Right. It, it To me, it sounds like the Estes is almost similar. It's very similar. Which is why I wanted to do that experiment where yeah. we just sat around and, and, and talked about should. nothing. And I think you should. If we ever did it, it wouldn't be here. We'd have to do it remotely somewhere. Oh, for like sure. I, no, no. I would be divorced yeah. if I ever did an Estes in this house. I'm lucky to have a mud house relic sitting up there. <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask you this. Would you not want someone like me being the one that was in it? Or well, would you want somebody totally just... Yeah, if we were doing a true experiment, I think it's somebody that hasn't done it before mm-hmm. and doesn't know what's going on. and which Doesn't is know all, what the Estes is. Yeah, this. totally controlled and random. Just an experiment. Hey, Controlled put these on. Tell me exactly what you hear as you hear it. Yeah. I mean, how raw can you get? Right. Yeah. Like, it, whatever whatever you get is a, genuine. A full control experiment. I would be experiment. down for that. Yeah. We're so going to have to make that happen. We'll make it happen somewhere. Please don't divorce me, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it's not conjuring, though. I just want to see what happens. Here's the thing. It, if you're not talking about, uh, you know, ghosts and... and right. Yeah. yeah. It's not... She don't give a shit up there. She's well, like... it's kind of akin <laughs> to just letting a recorder run and just living your life. And yeah. you pick up stuff, maybe, and you probably would, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I'm a big, firm believer in EVP, but um, it's kind of that way if we were to do this experiment. it's There's no intent. Uh, I, I'm still very dubious on, on EVP myself. That's but, right. I forgot about that. Uh, I do remember that one time uh, we did when we did Fort Hayes. I love Fort Hayes. She was there, yeah. We had some recordings, and at one point it sounded like there was somebody ringing like a ship's bell. Really? And mm. so we went back, and there was actually a flagpole. Oh, that the clinging, rope was the, the rope yeah. was yeah. hitting the flagpole. But up until that point, we knew for a fact it was a ghost ship or something. <laughs> you thought <laughs> well, for sure it somebody was, thought it was not yeah. us, but there there wow. was definitely some people who thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably dead sailors because yeah. it's Fort Hayes. You know? Yeah, because because the army's there and they have sailors. <laughs> that would be exactly what somebody would say too. Yeah. Like, it's sh- people run with things, yeah. and I get it. You know, I've done it before. It's exciting. I mean, yeah, people want to believe, but you got to really approach things from a raw, genuine level. I hope people do. That's the way I went into whispers that night. Like, just another ghost experience until that happened. Well, not even really until that happened, until he started saying the things that he said to me in the car. 
and then at the hotel. Yeah, that's like I said time and time again, that's something none of us got was that car ride. And that car ride was probably the staple for you. Yeah, like, it sucked. Yeah, it was rough, you know. Just knowing him, but. but I don't know. So, so what else happened? Yeah, on I was going to say return? so. Um, we're Let gonna, me tell you, it was. We like, got about 10, 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess on the other night was a mixture of very quiet and a couple of just exciting moments, um, pretty exciting moments. So we had a moment where the REM pod was in the middle of the room. Um, can you briefly explain what a REM pod is for maybe somebody who doesn't know? Well, first of all, I'm not sold on REM pods. It okay. is a device that... So the concept, basically. The concept is um, it is a device that will react if there is a close contact or a contact touch to the, there's an antenna that comes out of the center of it. And it's super sensitive to either direct contact touch or very close proximity electromagnetic energy. So if you, as a human, were to go, you know, just an inch or two away from the... Mm -hmm. Like a touch screen? Kind of, yeah, hepatic touch, it would react. So it lights up and buzzes and gives you all the the hoopla that you're looking for during a ghost hunt, you know. So so it it's a trigger it's a it's meant to put in a hallway if a spirit walks by it, something's walking by it down the hall. They say anything with energy. So is it seismic or is it energy? It's energy. Energy. Okay. It's not a vibration sense. It's more of a proximity based tool. So it's it, it's kind of like the cell sensors that we used to use. Yes, but it, it gets all of its uh, it's it uses the antenna as a as a sensor. It's a full like car antenna that pulls up, and you set it in the hall where you think something might pass through. And the thing is, like at whispers, the first night we were there, it went off at random times, and it would only go off for us if we got near it. So. The thought is, is what's making it do it if we're not getting near you it? You have to be basically touching the damn thing. A couple, about three inches, it'll start reacting to your body's energy. Um, so basically, yeah, that's the idea of the REM pod. But uh, we had a couple exciting moments with that. We were in Rachel's room, and it was in the middle of the floor. We were all equally spread, probably about five to six maybe even seven feet from the rim pod itself and it was in the middle of the room we were trying to communicate with what would be rachel and um were you doing evp so yeah we had audio rolling i know kim had her hers going pretty much the entire time we were in rachel's room because we did evp birth sessions and stuff like that but um Everything we did, she was rolling the entire time. So uh, we had the moment, and it was in the middle of the floor, like I said, we were all way far away from it, uh, to where it wouldn't have been us. It kind of flickered in, you know, started beeping a little bit, and then just stopped, and then it went back, and it was just full, fully lit up, fully beeping there for probably three seconds solid. Um, but I, it was gone and gone, and then by the third second, I was like, uh, I said, Rachel, if that's you, can you step away from the REM pod or whatever I said? I don't know. She wouldn't know what the hell a REM pod is, first of all. <laughs> but I said, can you step away and immediately stopped. Well, I said, thank you. 
and then it was like beep and we all just kind of laughed it was like you're welcome that's just what it felt like you know and uh we played with that and it felt like intelligent like we were like if you know if this can you make it light up or if this can you step away or if this can you only light this light up because there's four or five different lights on it and it would you know that was an exciting moment um like i'm not 100 percent sold on the rim pod either me neither but i did purchase one of my own because <laughs> i'm not sold on it but i'm gonna buy but one i'm gonna buy one yeah. <laughs> 100 bucks that, that's very, because you want to experiment with I it i want i need yeah i so, want to use it more yeah. at, not whispers you know what i mean that's the idea behind yeah. that like so did you have anything happen there that wasn't uh, reactive to tools or instruments did you have any sightings or hear any footsteps or any so, i don't want to be leading but i want to ask those questions so what happened it was kind of both. See, I had four instances where I heard whispers in the room near me. That, that Which is where it got its name from, right? Yes, that it's weren't not, not anybody else. There were not anybody else, nobody behind me, and they were all. Which could have been the speakers in the walls years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, they missed a couple. They missed a couple. But... Um, <laughs> Very, you know, and they were all like a man's voice all four mm-hmm. times. All four times. Could you make out what it said? Not at all. Very, very. That's usually a ghost. Very, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Very, very muffled. Very, but you could tell there was, you know. It's one of those red orbs. Yeah, the angry ones. Uh, <laughs> um, I did hear a footstep. I'm talking a boot step probably like step step like shifting weight and then i heard a step hmm. in the center of the hallway near where the rim pod was sitting and then the rim pod went off really so that was very that was an exciting moment and of course conveniently yeah an exciting was, moment not a scary moment an no exciting i was moment. so excited but it was conveniently right before any of us turned on our recording stuff so we didn't get it well wow. <laughs> so interestingly yeah. we the first night we all vacated the house and left the recorders running we captured full throttle footsteps occurring somewhere in the first floor uh probably about eight steps eight footsteps Mm -hmm. occurring while no one was in the house very consistent 110 percent guaranteed no one in the house not less listen there's a staff member in there which I discovered this second time around where, because they, they always say there will be a staff member on site with you your entire investigation. I'm like, where the hell? Because we went through there, like, where would they stay? You know what I mean? Where would they be? Mm-hmm. Behind the pew? Behind there. the curtain? <laughs> the place they don't yeah. want to go. So uh, there is a <laughs> Wizard room. Wizard of Oz. With the there control room. There is a room. room in the kitchen yeah. where the staff member would be and hang out. And I'm telling you, we had um, we had somebody there with us that night and you would have never known like yeah. had you not been told. was there somebody there yeah when you were i there? asked no. her that i was I like mean, no that we were theoretically told no. i mean no we didn't have anybody with us yeah we were supposed to our alone. our yeah. guide said no you're going to be a you got it all to yourself for tonight that's what she said so i don't think anybody was there but footsteps did happen and i'm a big fan of leaving things running and not being eliminate the human experience right Put the get that element out of the home. Let it be natural, and by God, there's about eight footsteps. Very consistent pace. That's what I love to experience. Yeah, it's not an experience. It's 
it's on Evidence. recordings. It's on two recorders. It's on the night shot and a a digital. Is it on the night shot? It is on the night shot. That's awesome. So it's going to be interesting to see after all this stuff's been compiled. Yep, that was always my favorite thing record. after an investigation yes. years ago when we used to do them was sitting down afterward and, and digging through and, and he Brent would compile stuff and then he'd send me a file or yeah. whatever what do you think about and this? it was like hmm uh, that's weird yeah uh, no, I'm pretty I don't excited. remember that you that's remember the that fun part ghost hunting is boring oh yeah but when you not unless you have the whispers but <laughs> it's generally boring until you really sift through the the unknowns. Well, I'm trying to explain to somebody that you could be on uh, at a site for four to six hours, so you you know multiple devices, and you end up maybe with a half hour of good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, or questionable stuff, stuff that you can't My crew this second explain. Time. They were so bored. At one point, I saw one of them over there. Wake like, up. Yeah, we were in the servants' quarters and. uh he, he was over there, like, <laughs> head back against the wall, just kind of chilling. Didn't they like, drive back to Ohio that night? Yeah. they would, uh, We wrapped up about 1.15 a.m., oh, and wow. they drove five hours back to Ohio. They didn't want to stay. So um, it's, it is very boring. It, it can be. That's it is the nature. It the... is 99% of the time boring. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... And, and if it's not, you've got somebody who's making it not. <laughs> making it yeah. helpful. Yeah. We used to have one of those, too. Yes, we did. That was the good old days there. Oh, my goodness. We should call him up. Oh, that would be entertaining. <laughs> who? Oh, we can't say it. Um, well, somebody who, who now does prepper you, stuff. Yeah, you've... Oh, I was... Have I met the person? Probably, yeah. Probably. I I would say so. I was I was thinking of the other guy, the one that at Nemecolon jumped oh. on somebody's back. Oh, that he'd be an interesting that, person to talk to again. Yeah. We can't give a, a a letter. We can't like a letter of the name. P. Okay. Enough said. Okay. That's it. That's all I needed. <laughs> well, the other one was C. C. Yeah. Okay. Which I've had dealings with since. Really. Parex and. Back in my taps days, yeah, we, we had him on the radio show. and Really? It was a pretty good guess, but yeah. Well, he's quit that now. He's doing prepper stuff. So Yeah, he's doing prepper stuff. I remember that. But At least the last time. When well, I came I, back what, to Ohio. Well, what's, what's, the most, what's the newest trend of stuff? For hmm. paranormal? Equipment? Well, no, period. I mean, because he went to prepper you know, oh. after 9-11. Yeah. You know, and... So. I, I don't know what he's doing now, but... Whatever's, yeah, whatever's the new in vogue well, weird thing. He bought some paranormal equipment for me when I lived in Florida. I made a trip back to Ohio to visit her, and this was in 2008. And he bought, I met him in 2008 to sell... I forget what it was. I think it was a night shop set up or something. But he was still doing that stuff then. But Anyhow. Yeah, so whispers. Uh, I'm not going back. Vanessa... Probably is. Yep. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt probably will never. No interest. It. And uh, yeah, so we had different experiences. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, like I said, the last time, this a couple of days ago was like a mixture of very uneventful to a very you know some key exciting moments for me personally. I don't know about everybody else that was with me. You got to be with the right crew. You really do. Um, everybody brings different energy to the table 
So different yeah. perspectives, different ideas, so skepticism, you know. Is all the whispers that. haunted or what? I think it is. Um, I I just that's just what I believe. I do. I can't explain the footsteps, and I can't explain the uh, the event that happened to Austin. But other than that, you know, I thought I'd seen a black thing on the floor that went under the bed. There are no cats in the house. I did see that. I think somebody else saw it the same Victoria. Time. Other than that, you know, the bed wasn't levitating by itself. And, you know, it wasn't Nobody's head spun all the way so around. Nobody for me, 360 head, you know. For me, it's more of a, I believe there's an element of science behind the paranormal. Like, even... I don't like to get into religion too much because I know everybody's different, but I don't really have a religion, me personally. Um, I believe in science, I do, but I think the element of science and the paranormal is where I stand with things, and I think that there are things we don't understand. Like That sounds like Ghost Adventures. I'm understand. Understand. <laughs> well, I mean, there definitely, you know, science is, is constantly changing. Uh-huh. And New things being discovered, yeah. and for instance, this footsteps. I only only got a, like a, probably a minute left or something. But oh, we're we're fine. I mean, just we're going oh. on two hours now. Oh, oh wow, it's the biggest show ever. Um, so <laughs> basically, for the footsteps, for instance, um, I'm a big believer in residual hauntings yeah. and residual energies, and uh, homes and structures soaking up things that have happened over the years. Huge limestone deposits under that part of Indiana. Mm -hmm. And they say that that's a contributing... They say so. Well, limestone deposits tend to also have caverns and things in them. Huge. There's a cavern. There's a uh, boat tour you can take under the the earth, like four miles in Mitchell. No, Bedford. Where you can take a boat through this little river that has carved out a it, so it's under that whole region of Indiana. So I well, it's going to be part of the Mammoth Cave system. Yes, it is for sure. So one hundred percent. There's all those what they would say is contributing to paranormal activity or whatever, if you will. But I, like I said, I'm a big believer in residual things. And for you know, for example, the footsteps would be somebody in the afterlife, maybe maybe not, just going about their day. You know, like. Not really anything's happening. Something that happened in the past, just replaying, I yeah. guess. I, I think that's probably something that could happen in any dwelling. Sure. Lots of experiences that happen. A lot of life happened in there, you know. But when you get people in there day after day after day spreading the bad juju yeah. in there, it just, I, I think I, there's something not right about whispers. I've well, been to. It's, I've been it's to, cause the doors open. Yeah, I've been to the spooky. This place doesn't really even look spooky. It's a regular. It's kind house. of a cool like, Victorian type. Well, a haunting Connecticut house is a normal looking yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit, but yeah, it's just you know I've I've been to the spookiest places like that really creep me out to go into just based visually. Um. And have much greater like malevolent stories and backgrounds, but this place is like it takes the cake. You know the things that uh, that are allowed to happen inside of it, and do happen obviously. 
you can go on YouTube right now and find over the last five days maybe ten videos of people doing the same shit, the same Estes experiments, and people having Ouija's Ouija experiments. I seen this guy. I think it's live sci-fi TV dot com or whatever. He he did a, a Ouija experiment with this psychic up in the seance room. Mm-hmm. He went into a full blown possession. Flopping on the floor. Practically, he took the planchette and he flinged it across the room and he got up and the psychic was trying to drag him back to close the session. She was like, you have to say goodbye. She chased the dude around the house with the Ouija board and the planchette and said, you need to say goodbye to this thing. She was very adamant and he was just like, oh, I'm so Well, that's because she knew enough she had to close the door. She was trying to close that door, yeah, for sure. I don't think that happens ever. Like Kim said, the the host there that night on the 14th, she said everybody just leaves the planchette on the board and they never go to try to close the session. And I think that's bad. I do too. I think it's bad whether whether it stays in the home or it doesn't. There, I, I think there's something dark. I don't think it's a little girl. I don't. I don't. So there's that whole story with the little girl that died in the fire and all that. I just. I you think, don't. You don't think there's a Rachel there at all. I don't. I think there, at times, are. I think it's residual. I don't think it's an intelligent means to haunt the place. No, I don't either. I, I don't. think that she's there, but I don't think she's there in the way that most people think she is. For sure. If you see her, I guess it's probably a residual apparition. There's a moment in time that you can see. But these things that pop up and people are having these visions of these tall, dark creatures on stairs in their dreams and Austin's experience and the guy that had the same experience and, you know, a couple of weeks later, that's that's not Mary Poppins causing that stuff. No. And I'm not a huge believer in that concept, that there's evil. Well, I know that there's evil because there's good. you got to have the yin and the yang, you know, but... It's something's weird at Whispers. Mm-hmm. Some there's something there. There's something going on. I don't think it's there all the time, but no. I just don't like the practice of uh, do whatever you want. You know, you might as well no. put an altar in there and have sacrifices. At you this might point. as well have left the pentagram on the damn floor upstairs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm actually surprised there's not one there. For sure. There might be, for all we know. There's it's underneath there. the mirrored floor. The mirrored floor. Hey. <laughs> what's got mirrors on it but none, none of this is meant to disrespect the staff or the owner there nice people beautiful home but mm-hmm. i just think that that is very intense you know the 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 meaning behind getting the business in there you know it's just do whatever you want but don't bless the home oh i mean i get it i mean honestly if you, if if you had a historic property that that was in decent enough shape that you could you know Make some money on some haunting stuff. Yeah, why not? Twenty one hundred bucks a week if you book it every night. Yeah, that's a good, good extra income. But um, not saying that that's what's going on. But you know, <clears throat> why not? I mean, mortgage is paid in a week for sure. Yeah. So, do I think it's haunted? Yeah, I think it's haunted, but a different kind of haunt. I really do. I do want to reiterate that when I had my experience a couple of days ago with the REM pod, with the intelligent interactions with the REM pod, and I asked, could you step away of this? And it would respond as so. Um, I, I did say that I think that it's mostly residual, and that's not a firm believer, and just this is what happened. 
at one point in time and this is just a cycle that it goes through like if you look down the hallway and see Rachel walk down the hallway it's just you gotta be in the right place at the right time for those things to happen yeah but I would still shit my pants <laughs> <laughs> I do think that there's an intelligence to the place though have you not seen a ghost before I have and it didn't scare it no it didn't scare me I say my dead grandfather I mean I did I absolutely did I've never seen anything on a ghost hunt before though so. Not when you're looking for it. Yeah, it, it seemed, yeah, conveniently. So that did happen. But interestingly, too, I do have a call this coming week with a parapsychologist uh, regarding whispers. It's one of the parapsychologists from one of the universities over there. I can't remember the name of it, but he's helping with the experiments over there at Whispers. And uh, I'm going to call him, I think, on Tuesday, and we're going to talk about the what I know that happened that night on the 14th and for some reason he's especially interested in this incident that happened so well, now I, it's happened twice it's happened twice yeah and that's why he's interested the second time I because now it's become repeatable yeah read the it's, entry for and uh, it wasn't it didn't seem as severe as Austin's I will say that there was no ambulance call they did document that in the yeah okay it is it was documented in the journal. <clears throat> Well, so. we'll see what he says. I am going to record the call, and I'm going to let him know it's recorded for our own purposes. But um, I will share that on the next uh, podcast episode. It'll be interesting to see what a professional says. So I haven't, I've only talked to one parapsychologist in my whole years of doing this, so it'll be interesting to see the Who other end of it. Uh, Sirian O'Keefe from Most Haunted in the U.K. I brought him over for a, an event. So, very, very stand-up guy, but uh, I think the parapsychologists of the world tend to be, I, I, won't, I won't say not believers, but they're very, they're like you, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt's a special kind of Yeah, like, that's guy, what you need. I, I'm, that's why I'm calling the guy. Uh, I, I'm fully a, a believer in, in it. I just, my whole thing is proof, trying to find proof. Sure. And... Yeah. You know, I've seen ghosts. I, I've had weird things happen. It's I can't prove any of it. Yeah. it it's personal experience. And, um, you know, you, you were talking about religion and not being particularly religious. Well, all of the <clears throat> religion, the ancient religion, uh, going way back, Greek gods, all that stuff was based on anecdotal human experience. There, there's no proof of any right. of it. So... It's the same thing, and these are all human experiences that we've ex- experience, been experiencing for, it Forever. recordably, yeah. f- for five thousand years. Yeah. But more than likely, is it is, is a cognitive phenomenon from being human, or is there that. really something there? Mm-hmm. That's the question. That's right. the grand question. It really is. Is there something more to it? Yeah, well, physicists now are starting to say that there is, you know, that you do continue on after death. Yeah. Mathematically, they they can prove it mathematically that you continue on afterward. That's pretty awesome. So now it's into the in, into the cognitive science realm. Okay, you continue on. Well, mathematically, you continue on, but do you continue on? Do you? And is what your is person, you? Yeah. Is it your soul? Now it's what philosophy. Is yeah. And that's why I want to talk to this guy because he's 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 very much so into the people part of it. Like, 
you know, what happened to the person? You know, what was the phenomenon? So it's more about the phenomenon and the person. So you have this particular data set that he can go off of, you know, what happened, you know, what happened with the phenomenon of that night versus what happened with the person's reaction. It's not about who died in the house. It's not about how old the house is or other spooky leading points, the origins. Well, that, that stuff's for the anthropologists. That stuff's for the uh, uh, psychologists. That stuff's, you know, for the historians. Parapsychology is, is trying to find that that which can't be explained by regular science, right. but in a, using scientific method and in a scientific way. The, that person's experience this person had a medical yeah. event happen well why did they have a medical it, event happen it's tied to people too it's psychology <coughs> right. it just happens to be para <laughs> you know it's, 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 it, it's psychology but beyond yes which is why I want to talk to the guy it's like what what could have caused this first of all reaction in a normal person with an unbiased approach that's why I'm interested it has nothing to do with the dead girl in the home, and it's all irrelevant. It's nuts and bolts, raw answers in a conversation that I'll record for the next episode. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to talk about that. And then the next episode as well, I'm going to try to get more into a UFO yeah, groove. Yeah, you have a story that I have been dying I have a story, hear. guys, that and I'm going to – I've thought about doing it on this one, but we're, we're running out of time. We ran out of time a little bit ago, but, <laughs> but listen, I have a story that actually, it was, it was way more impactful to me than the the whole mm -hmm. whispers thing. Like it was just, it's just mind blowing, and I want to share it. And it actually, I can't even say anything else about it because I'll just start talking about it. But it it, uh, yeah, it's it's very disturbing. I can't I can't even. I won't say anything more about it. But you I'll, said that, and I have been dying to hear it. So. It, it has to do with a um, a close encounter event that happened. I'm not allowed to say where it happened. Mm -hmm. When we're off mic, I'll tell you guys the deep, the juicy tidbits. But um, it happened to somebody I know, barely. And that's the point of it. It was enough to impact me because this person had no vested interest in whether I gave a shit or believed it. But I'll share that later on. It has to do with a, an alien-type experience. But, um, yeah, on the next episode. So we're going to wrap up now. Uh, Kurt, thanks for coming by. Absolutely. I'm glad, you know, to have the opportunity to debrief you a little bit on yeah. this. We need you. <laughs> I, I tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep a lot better tonight. I'm gonna see your face. Oh like please! <laughs> He's gonna calm down, uh, child. Uh, he, 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 <laughs> he sits straight up in a sweat, going, "Oh my God! Why did I have to see that?" <laughs> yeah, so it was more nice frightened that. than whispers made him. Right, right. It, it, it reversed the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for coming by. Uh, Vanessa, thanks for sharing your story. Sure. And we're going to put together a nice video feature, and you're going to cut out the whole hour of me blabbing about what I think about it uh, <laughs> in the future. But it looks good. I've seen part of it so far. I know the Whispers people are interested in seeing it um, and, and the rest of the YouTube world. So and with that being said, it's been about almost two months since we've done a podcast because mm -hmm. we're sucking. 
But, you know, life has happened here recently, and Definitely. we've just been putting episodes on the back burner. But we're going to kick it back up again and get some episodes churned out, different topics. We're not always going to talk about ghosts. But there's other creepy stuff to talk about as well. Um, so we'll kick it off next uh, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to do more of the UFO show and um, kind of recap about whispers and roll out the future. Your phone call. Your phone call. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about the phone call with the parapsychologist. Um, I think his name is Dr. Leahy, I oh. believe. Oh, wow. So um, we'll talk to him. We'll talk about the video. We'll, maybe we'll just launch that during the sure. podcast. That would be kind of cool. And, um, yeah, we'll go for there. But um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for joining us on this special episode of the Shadow Things podcast. Join us in 1.5 weeks for our next show. Until then, you can send us an email at talk at shadowthings.net or visit us on the web at shadowthings.net proper. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Also, find our podcast at your favorite podcast distribution points such as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Thanks again for listening, and as a reminder, stay in the light and out of the shadows.